You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio. Honest conversations, love notes, and strategies to grow a business while building a life grounded in deep integrity. I'm Megan Hale, integrity expert, bringing mindset and energetic wisdom to help you show up braver, go all in, and expand into your fullest expression. Let's do this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Wild and Holy Radio, the place to be for mindset and energetic wisdom for growing a business while building a life grounded in deep integrity. I am Megan Hale, and if you are new here, friend, welcome. I am so glad that you have found this show. Today's episode is really special because it's the last episode I'm recording in Texas before making our big move to Omaha, Nebraska. And Believe me when I say this, friends, this has been such a long journey to arrive here. We have lived in Texas for three years now, but it feels like nine. You know when you go through a really hard season and you can finally start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and as you start to move in this new direction or one big stressor is taken off your plate, you realize how heavy that sucker was to begin with (laughs) because Somewhere along the way, that heaviness just became your new normal, right? And that's what this feels like. The closer this move gets, which is two days away now, I can feel the stress that I've been carrying for a solid 18 months now, finally starting to lift and letting me see glimpses of how heavy it's all been. So I was on a podcast interview today sharing a few key lessons about running a business through a really demanding season and still staying sane. And (laughs) I had to be very clear that there have been days that I haven't been. There have been days where I've lost it, have had very little patience with my kids, have allowed the stress to pour into my marriage, have become beyond frustrated that this was all so hard. And really honestly wondering if I was doing it wrong because it was. There have been so many adjustments I've had to make along the way, pep talks I've had to give myself when I really did not want to keep on showing up and truly digging deep and asking myself really hard questions on what I needed to or could take off my plate at any given time to lessen the load. There have been nights I've worked after the kids have gone to bed or tried to start early morning practices for meditation and journaling again and have failed miserably. And I have been tired, like so tired at many points during these past 18 months, which has been a really powerful lesson on rest. I have asked for far more support in this season than I ever have in my life. And for someone who is usually the one being asked for support, this has been a really big adjustment for me. Even acknowledging that I needed so much support when others have so many more stressors than I do was a total mind jolt where I really questioned myself almost like repeatedly on how much of my requests were based on actual needs versus feeling like it should be easier or like there was this sense of like millennial entitlement that we hear about, right? Like all the things of deep discernment that mess with you when you are sleep exhausted from feeding a baby all night or wrestling a toddler to get dressed in the morning. But as I sit here reflecting on all this journey has held, as I prepare to start a new chapter, 
I know this season of struggle has gifted me in ways that will gift me and keep on gifting me for years and years to come because that's what struggle does. And so does collective crisis, which are both of our topics for today. But before we dive in, I need to let you know something. This podcast is going on a short four-week break following this episode as I get settled in Omaha. So I always believe that our businesses should work for us as much as possible. And I want to always and forever model that it is okay to put a few key pieces of your business on hold and know the world will not fall apart, I promise. I have lived through many pieces of my business going on pause over the years, and I'm still here, friends. I'm still going strong, okay? <laughs> I know it's so tempting to try and batch things so there's no gap in content or schedule things out so far in advance that business carries on as usual, even when life isn't. But I just don't play by those rules anymore, friends. Like, I just don't. I'm not Vegas, right? Like, I don't stay up all night. <laughs> Neither does my business. So just in case you needed a permission slip to rest, here it is. <laughs> I will be spending the next four weeks with my family, getting my feet underneath me in this new chapter to not only ground myself before opening up my next container for you, which is called the Grounded CEO Intensive, but also to get my bearings as a mama, a yogi, a military spouse, a new friend, like all the other things I am too, okay? So if you want to keep up with my happenings, make sure that we're friends on Instagram. You can find me at MeganHale underscore MH, or make sure you've joined my list where I'm going to be sharing the in-between nitty-gritty of getting settled in my new city. So the next time we chat, I'll be coming to you from a brand new space, and I am so excited to see you on the airwaves there. So now into our episode. If you find yourself as a mama to young children or children with special needs like I do, or especially as a single mama who is carrying immense responsibility on her shoulders, or as someone who lives with a chronic health issue or mental health issue, right? whether those are isolated or recurring mental health issues or someone who has had a huge life transition that has demanded your attention and you're still here growing a business, this episode is for you because I know you know that there are seasons that are much harder than others. I know there are days when you are unbelievably exhausted and tired of all you carry day in and day out. I know it starts to weigh on you. I know that you actively and consistently look for ways to make things easier or to feel lighter, oftentimes with no good lasting solutions, at least not ones that don't require even more energy that you don't have, right? And yet, I also know that there's this piece of you who isn't willing to give up their dream even if pursuing it has to look vastly different during these hard seasons. This episode is for you because I also know how easy it is to look at your struggle as a limitation. I know how easy it is to wish it could be different or you could be more of who you're used to being or you could have more time, energy, or motivation. I know how easy it is to wish you had more to give or you wish you didn't have to pick and choose around what you're pursuing right now because you want to do it all 
though a wiser part of you knows <laughs> that that is not a good idea. <laughs> and of course, I also know the grief that comes from letting a dream go because you know it's not the right time. Or the heartache of having to slow down when all you want to do is speed up because other things are needing your attention more right now. I know the difficulty in watching others take action on their dreams who are in vastly different seasons than you are and having to check yourself to not compare yourself. Even though you still feel that pain move through you as you have to let go of your dreams timing all over again. This struggle is real, my friend. I don't need to tell you that, but I want to because I think in hard seasons, it is so easy to look at how worse it could be and that you should feel grateful, right? I know I'm not alone in that, but the most honest gratitude is almost always partnered with also acknowledging our grief. It's both and. It's both hard and fruitful, even if we can't see that fruit yet, okay? And that's what I wanna to talk to you about today, about the gift our struggles bring us. Not only to offer solace and comfort if you find yourself here, but to offer you the strength and freedom this struggle is planting for you at this very moment. Because in each struggle, there is always an invitation. Today, I'm going to share a little bit about what those invitations have been for me. So, as I sit at this desk, in this room, at this window, for the last time, I am reminded of just how much I have struggled and grown here. Wild and Holy was born here two years ago. I became a mother to two here. I healed pieces of me here and other pieces broke so severely that it's gonna take me several months to pick up certain pieces. I struggled immensely under the weight of motherhood. And as odd as it may sound, the isolation day in and day out of being the only one here at night with my babies, always having to be like on an air quotes while my husband was deployed, it really left a lasting impression that I'm only just starting to realize. Like so much so that for the past seven weeks, I've been on my own again. I've had like several flashbacks to last year of the heaviness and loneliness I felt at times where I knew no one was coming to offer me reprieve. It was me, myself, and I. Which is why single mamas especially need our support. I have had but a glimpse of how much rests on her shoulders. And I think oftentimes that question comes up, how do you do it? How do you do it? And I know how she does it. She does it because she has to, because that's what mothers do. And single mothers are the strongest of all. And to my fellow military spouses, I know we carry our own unique responsibility of motherhood while navigating the leaving and coming and leaving again of our spouses, while also maintaining our marriages, our intimacy with our partners, oftentimes over long periods of separation and so many big frequent life adjustments, it's really impressive that we make it when it's all said and done. Like this shit is not easy. 
But the things that we endure that are hard, they make us wiser, not necessarily stronger. I think some things shift us and change us in ways that break us. But it's our, it's our job to find ways of creating strength from the things that broke. As I reflect back on all Texas has held for me these past three years, I know this season of struggle has made me lots of things. It's made me smarter and fiercer and clearer. It's also made me incredibly wise and creative and finding ways to earn more without working more because quite frankly, that hasn't been an option. If you are on my email list or follow me on social, you know I shared a birthday reflection recently around a tarot reading I had done by one of my unbelievably talented clients and powerful mystics, Lee McDonough from Work Your Inner Wisdom. Go check out her podcast. We just had an excellent interview over there. She's doing such great stuff. She's a gifted intuitive, but also like incredibly strategic and smart and blends the spiritual and practical with such ease. But in that reading were six cards she drew for me one of which I shared on social as the King of Cups, who represents being able to find steadiness in the midst of turbulent seas. Now, interestingly, in 2018, before beginning Wild Holy Year, I led this whole group of women, including myself, through this white stone ceremony meditation, where I guided us to create space for one specific word to float up that each of us were to ground down into for the coming year, okay? The word that floated up for me was steady. (laughs) And that could not have been a more perfect word to receive while going through the hardest year of my life to focus on this idea of being steady. So the King of Cups, of course, was deeply affirming for me that there is more steadiness ahead. (laughs) And it was by far the most profound card for me out of the whole reading. But another card that spoke deeply to me as well was the Nine of Wands, which represents an ongoing battle, perseverance, and fighting through tough times. So the King of Cups represented my potential outcome after integrating all my struggles, right? While the Nine of Wands represents current me, like the journey I am currently on. And I also cannot think of a better card to receive. So on the card, I'm gonna include a picture of it down in the show notes, so go check it out. The Nine of Wands is climbing a pyramid, using his wands as ladder rungs to scale to the peak. He is literally stepping on each one of his challenges and turning them into stepping stones that are helping him reach his goal versus deterring him. And what a powerful reframe, right? Like there are so many gifts in the struggles I faced. And although it will be some time before they're all integrated, I can already see the impact some of them have had in asking me to do things far differently. So for example, I've had to get really creative to grow and scale my business by working 15 hours a week. Like some weeks this has been more, some weeks it's been less, especially the weeks I've been exhausted from breastfeeding or not getting enough sleep or navigating depression or grief or sorrow as other things have shown up in my path that I've been coping and dealing and processing, right? But overall, I've had to find ways to step into more earning 
that didn't require more of my energy. Because as we all know, all those activities I just mentioned already demand so much energy as it is, right? So I've had to learn how to work with less. I've had to learn to lean on my zones of genius, to stay in my wheelhouse and my lane, to really create offerings that allow me to show up in ways that feel effortless, like I simply get to be me. I've had to learn how to lean on my gifts, to believe in them, to value them in order to raise my price points. I've had to see that what I bring to the table, just like what you bring to the table, is far more than just time or energy. It's our journey, our wisdom, our experience, our values, our creativity, our knowledge, right? For me, it's also my commitment to showing up in the messy middle and hoping that there are riches here. <laughs> and my commitment to my own self-care as if it were my job because our well-being is always our first job above all else. I've had to trust that I can put long pauses on things and everything will be okay, this podcast being one of them, okay? 15 months is not a short break, my friends. <laughs> but in so doing, I have found so much freedom from this idea that everything must be go, go, go all the time. And that is such a huge relief. The biggest lesson of struggle, however, is that I've come to intimately know my resources. To know how long it takes me to get things done when life is asking a lot of me. How much I can take on without becoming overwhelmed. That honoring my energy is always my most lucrative business decision. And that a business that doesn't support your well-being isn't a business worth having. Full stop. Like I have learned so much about sustainability these past few years that have forever altered the way I approach business. And the things that have actually felt like huge limitations have been the birthplace of phenomenal ingenuity. So even when we're going through a hard season that feels like an incredible limitation, we can also trust that at some point, maybe this very moment, our struggle can be like the nine of wands, where they can be used as stepping stones to do things differently because we have to. And in that way, this struggle this limitation, this hard season, even though it feels like it's setting you back, it's actually propelling you forward by challenging you to find creative ways to earn more that don't cost you yourself. Because selling yourself out, over committing, overdoing, overworking during a season of struggle simply is not an option. And the fact that this decision is made for you in a way can be a blessing. It's kind of like, that partner you wanted to break up with, but you couldn't bring yourself to do it, but then they cheated on you and you were like, oh man, kind of so glad for that because now that gives me my out, right? <laughs> Just me? Okay. That's how struggle seasons can be if you let them. So there's an exercise that I walk my clients through when we're creating their offerings, their price points, their launch plans, et cetera, in which we walk through what I call a feminine scheduling exercise. And what we do is we go through their yearly calendar, 
creating time off for family functions, vacations, retreats, solo vacations, time with friends, holidays, all the things, right? We block off time that prioritizes their relationships with people they love, including themselves, and then layer their offerings on top of that, okay? This is not a profound concept, but for many of us, it is, okay? So our next step is then looking at their ideal work week, layering on their family time first, then their self-care practice, then their work, and what happens more times than not is that they realize their work week just got a whole lot smaller, <laughs> much smaller than the average American 40-hour week, I can tell you that. And the questions that usually come up when this happens is, how am I ever going to get everything all done? And is it really okay to make what I want to make, which is normally multi-six figures, working so little, right? Like, is this allowed? <laughs> can I do this? It's a complete mindset shift, but oh, such a good one. And so from this place, we then take those hours, their total work availability hours, and we almost slice those in half, dedicating half of their time to long-term growth activities and short-term growth activities, as these are the fuel that keep your business humming, right? And the other half to their offerings, the things that actually make them money, but not just any offering, their best offerings that allow them to show up in their fullest expression and zones of genius, right? From this place, we get to layer on all those spacious launch plans that fit their values and their lives. So every single aspect of their business prioritizes their life, their relationships, their well-being, which P.S., if this is work you would like to do with me, this is all part of the Grounded CEO Intensive I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, okay? The early bird cart will be opening next week where I'm offering a special payment plan and bonuses. So if you want to be in the know about that, make sure you're on my email list, which you can do in the show notes, okay? But my friends, this is the wisdom my struggle has given me. When people ask me how I was able to do all these things during such a hard season, like this is how. I have had to leverage my time and energy out of necessity to not lose my marriage or myself or not completely drown in motherhood. Like it has invited me to have deeper boundaries, which are still deepening by the way, and to deeply ground down into my own lane. And what's happened is this beautiful cadence has emerged that feels unrushed, but almost effortlessly persistent like water that's steadily forging a path through rock. And from this place, like I've noticed just how much more potent my energy has become because I've learned how to direct it, right? I haven't had the luxury to chase after a million different things at the same time because when I do, I feel scattered and I get depleted really easily. Nor have I been able to keep up with this 90 mile per hour growth trajectory I see so incessantly pushed and paraded. Like instead, I have found more freedom and willingness to move at this beautiful, spacious pace that feels energetically supportive because I've had to. And to my surprise, I found that I actually want to. <laughs> and maybe you do too. It is so freeing. So my question for you is, what would change for you if the struggle you're facing 
is actually asking you to do things differently. To work more sustainably because your soul needs it. To work smarter. To challenge you to value your gifts, your energy, your time more. I've learned a lot of things these past few years. For instance, I've learned you can never miss your own boat, as Glennon Doyle says. Love that. I've learned a lot of the pressure we put on ourselves to do, do, do comes from this place of fear more than faith. I've learned that we can earn way more by doing far less better. <laughs> I've learned a lot about systems and structures and strategies that support your energy. And I've also learned that grace and compassion are power moves when it comes to continuing to show up when you don't want to. And I've most definitely learned how to slow down instead of quit. Your season of struggle, if and when you have one, will give you your own lessons. But the biggest piece I want you to know is when a season is hard, it does not mean you're doing it wrong. It means it's heavy and you're growing through it and you're human. It's a lot to hold. You're being asked to expand and arise in new ways. The past 18 months especially have challenged me in ways I'm still not ready to talk about. My mental health has been challenged in ways it never has been. My marriage has been challenged in ways I never thought it would be. Depression has grabbed a hold of me more than it ever has. And I've had to scale back in many ways because of it. But I've also scaled up in so many others. And I think going through a struggle forces you to work smarter, not harder, out of necessity. And it's really hard to see at the time. It is hard to keep sight that your struggle is happening for you instead of to you. And trust me when I say I know how hard it is to keep sight of that. But what I also want to point you to is that struggle doesn't mean we have to hit pause on our dreams. We absolutely can if we need to. There is nothing wrong with hitting pause, my friends, because you can never be late to your own life, okay? But should you continue to pursue your dreams during a season of struggle, it means we have to pursue them differently. And the changes you will make will serve you in ways you can't even begin to imagine. They will change you in ways that will offer you more wisdom, more compassion, and more resolve. They will change you in ways to help you know what is most important and what isn't. Because struggle is deeply clarifying. And as I sit here in this chair, at this desk, by this window, recording this episode for you, Know that these past 18 months have offered a lot of challenges. And I am literally having family portraits done tomorrow as evidence that we survived it. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's definitely happening. <laughs> but I encourage each of us to stand as the nine of wands and to use our challenges as stepping stones to scale upward. As for me and mine, 
I've learned how to leverage my time and energy to build a lucrative business working very part-time to elevate myself into the CEO role wild and holy has needed me to be and to find a healthier balance of working on my business as well as in my business to create the impact. I know I'm here to create. These years of struggle have gifted me with insight that is just now starting to pour out. And, you know, Elena Libson once said, well, it was actually her husband, but I still credit it to her, said, the world will be saved by the well-nourished woman. And my friends, I think the world will be saved by the well-nourished, wealthy woman. We don't have to choose. We can be both wealthy and well-nourished. This is the new paradigm. Which brings me to addressing the gift of collective crisis. As I've been sitting here collecting my thoughts for this episode, several of my clients have reached out to process their thoughts and feelings following the shootings in El Paso and Dayton. There's been more death, more terrorist attacks by white supremacist men who are mind-blowingly taken into custody like they just shoplifted instead of mass murdered a group of innocent people while black and brown men and women are taken into custody, bloodied, bruised, and assaulted for far lesser crimes, sometimes for no crime at all. One question that comes up often during times like these that I've already heard from my clients is how they're supposed to keep on showing up and growing their businesses when it feels like the world is falling apart. Like, how are we supposed to prioritize our businesses and earning and content creation and carry on with life as usual when life is not as usual? People are dying, innocent people. Our neighbors who are shopping at Walmart or are out for a late dinner with friends. This is just the latest, right? Like sometimes our neighbors are gunned down at church, at school, at temple, or the movies or yoga. How are we supposed to find the gift here when the crisis is this deadly? Friends, the first thing that I want you to know is that if you have been impacted by these racist white nationalist terrorist attacks, secondary trauma is a very real thing that is reignited with each new shooting. I myself still carry this from Sandy Hook. I can still remember where I was. The scene coming up on TV while I sat there getting my hair done, the smell of the salon, the people who were in the room, the sinking in my stomach, the tears that fell from my eyes as I watched in horror as parents arrived to the scene not knowing if they were ever going to see their six-year-old again. At the time, I leapt into action like the very next week. I started the process of becoming certified in mental health first aid because I thought if we can just identify the signs and symptoms of a deranged active shooter, you know, we can help. There won't be so much death. And that was in 2012. Since then, I've come to realize that mass shootings have very little to do with mental illness and to continue blaming mental health only stigmatizes it further. So I recognize the error in my ways here. Instead, 
Mass shootings have far more to do with institutionalized racism, white nationalist extremism, white supremacy, and toxic masculinity more than anything else. And I know in times like these, it can feel very robotic and cold and unempathetic to continue focusing on your business and making sales, which is why I want to point you to Andrea Renee, who runs Coaching as Activism, who educates heart-centered entrepreneurs on how to build their businesses when the world is on fire. I'll include a link to her website in the show notes. Terrorism is a deep spiritual crisis that functions by creating fear, paralyzing fear, that aims to gain power by silencing other individuals and dehumanizing them. I know the very real emotional impact these terrorist attacks create. I know the terrifying images that fly through your mind when you leave your little ones at their preschool wondering, are they safe here? Will they be here when I get back? I also know the sickening feeling in your stomach having to ask your children's schools about their active shooter protocol. I just did this a couple months ago in Omaha. We shouldn't have to live like this. I know it can feel selfish and superficial to work on your business when there are so many more important issues going on in our world at large. And if there is ever a both and, my friends, we have a sacred responsibility to continue doing our work in the world, to use our businesses as platforms, to use our platforms for change, to be safe space holders for others to do their work, to step more into their power, and so on, because it ripples out. I know in times of deep spiritual crisis, it might feel as though the right option is to stop, or at the very least question the point of continuing. But I urge you to learn to rest, learn to slow down, learn to tend to your tenderness, honor the dead, get involved for change, and keep going. Whether you're going through a difficult personal season or the horrors of this world are starting to touch you in deep and profound ways that feel overwhelming, I urge you to pay attention, honor your energy, draw fierce boundaries, do your own inner work here, but don't quit. The world needs more heart-centered visionaries now more than ever. It needs more compassionate leaders now more than ever. It needs more heart-centered, compassionate leaders now more than ever, making more money. Because in this society, money equates to more power, more decision power, whether you like it or not. Your earning is directly related to seeing a shift in this world. So don't you stop. Show up braver. Turn your empathy into bravery. And know that even though the world feels as though it's falling apart, there's also a huge awakening. This is always the gift of struggle and crisis. It has a way of stripping down and showing you what's no longer working. It has a way of opening you up in ways you wouldn't have been able to create on your own. And if you're just now awakening, I am so 
glad you're here. I know the heavy emotions that come with it. I know the guilt and the grief that you didn't see it sooner, that it doesn't touch your heart sooner, especially starting to see how many missed opportunities you've had to make a difference. But you can't be late to your own life or your own purpose. I'm simply glad you're here. The gift of spiritual crisis is the awakening and all you will do differently because of it in the future. Our work is to hold the deep urgency to create change that this pain excites while also holding the due diligence to do it right, to do it well, that takes time. So we do this by staying engaged and clear-headed, enraged and open-hearted, persistently hopeful while also letting our hearts ache. My friends, the spiritual crisis that we are experiencing follows much of the same protocol as our most challenging seasons. Our work is to attend to ourselves first and foremost, adjust how we do business, to be sensitive to our needs and let our struggle and our hurt change us, to be our wisest teachers. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And if you are against gun violence, look into Moms Demand Action. It's a non-political group focused on creating new gun legislation that makes it harder for people to get automatic weapons that are always, in capital letters, used in these mass shootings. Don't be afraid of turning people away because you bring politics into business. I know this is something people use to keep you quiet, to not be too opinionated or too polarizing. And quite frankly, fuck that. Don't ever be afraid of losing followers, fans, email subscribers, or dollars for the sake of taking a stand. I know how vulnerable it feels putting your voice out in the world. Trust me, I do, especially around topics that are so heated. But there will come a time in your own awakening that you getting your feelings hurt or pissing somebody else off is something that you will risk for the safety of somebody else. Because you'll realize how little that is for you to lose. If it helps save someone else's life or helps create change or helps shift someone else's beliefs or offer someone else a safe space to know they aren't alone. If our hardest seasons show us what we're made of, and teach us how to use our challenges as stepping stones to scale to our dreams. Our collective spiritual crisis will show us who we want to be in this lifetime, what side of history we want to be on, what kind of world we want to create, and the legacy we want to leave. None of these are easy questions or easy paths, my friends, but they are all good good for who you're here to be, and always in deepest service of who you're here to become. So if the most recent shootings are causing a stir in you, if they are weighing heavy on your heart, please know that I'm here. That helplessness and hopelessness that you feel is trauma. And we navigate trauma by finding the helpers and healers and hope bringers because they are always there. Look for them, follow them, lean on their teachings in times of pain and heartache. 
and always tend to your tenderness while finding a way to keep going because we got this, I promise, promise. I feel like we need to take a breath. This is real, it's all real. Whether you're going through a hard personal season or you are feeling the heaviness of the crisis that we are currently going through holding in our culture, this asks some big questions and you're not alone in trying to find the answers to them. So my friends, I'm signing off here in San Antonio, Texas, where Wild and Holy was born. It feels bittersweet to leave my baby's first home. So many memories, so many gifts, and so many, many struggles in between. So, <laughs> Please make sure that we are connected on social if you want to keep up with the happenings between now and the next time we speak on the podcast. I am so excited to be coming to you from my brand new city. It's been a long time coming and I'm excited for the transition. And if you are interested in joining me for the six-week Grounded CEO Intensive, we are getting started September 18th. And I will be sending out all the beautiful details soon to help you rise as a CEO your business needs you to be as we increase your revenue while honoring your energy while also holding exquisite space for you to expand into your fullest expression. Always. Until then, my friends, here is to the courage to show up braver. Whole heart, full self, all in. We got this.